0: Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I say, No food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I'll tell you even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yeah, because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Amen. Thank you so much, Rui Lord Jesus, we just pray that as Walter shares with us now, you'll really teach us, fill our hearts with more of your truth. And bless him as well. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Well, I feel privileged um, to be standing here again because last week, I don't know if you remember, Shirley gave me an opportunity to share what we're doing in Tree Church over this coming term. And it's all about prayer. And today, again, we are focused on prayer. And not only that, but over the weekend, I was at a conference with some people here. And the, one of the main talks was about prayer. Is God saying something to us, perhaps? It was amazing. And I feel very humbled to be here because we heard from a man, Rob Scott Cook, um, a couple of days ago at the conference. Who just demonstrated this incredible life of prayer, and this is what we wanting to encourage in our children to begin a life of prayer a lifetime of prayer um, and so I feel very insignificant to be talking about prayer after having just heard that amazing talk the other day, so fair warning you know i 'm going to pinch something that he said, but in tree church um, yeah um, I'd like to invite a few children to come up and answer a few questions. So I, I just had in my mind, I wondered if Elia would come up. You can bring your, you your mum with you if you want. No? Would Alyssa come up with her mum? Perhaps. Would Charmaine come up? Because if you all come up together, then you can feel braver. No? Charmaine, good for you, Charmaine. Excellent. So come, come and stand here so more of us can see you. So, well done. Now, you, one of you can answer. You don't have to each answer each question. I've just got a couple of questions. Tell us about a time when at home you hurt yourself. Maybe you banged your finger in the door. Can you think of a time where you hurt yourself? Um, I hurt myself on the door. Did you? And what did you do? I banged it on the door. Did you tell anyone? Yeah. Who did you tell? My mom. Exactly. Well done. Now, did either of you remember a time when supper time was still a long time to come and you were really, really hungry and all the biscuits were locked away? What did you do? What did you do if you were really hungry? Um, you should eat. You should eat, but, uh, but all the food's locked away. All food is locked away. So you're hungry, and then what are you going to do? Um, eat. You're going to eat. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, if one of your brothers or sisters takes something that belongs to you, and won't give it back, what are you going to do? Um, Get somebody back. Get Get somebody else? Are you going to tell your mum? Yeah. Wow, there you go. And have either of you woken up in the middle of the night with a bad tummy ache? Has that ever happened? Or some other kind of pain? Or a bad dream? What did you do? there was a bad dream you had a bad dream yeah and what did you do I um, told my mom you told your mom let's give them a hand thank you thank you for coming and telling us you can go and sit down thank you now adults who here has a car a car a car right have any of you broken down before what did you do? Just call it out. <laughs> Any, yeah, anyone not have AA? What did you do if you didn't? You call, you call, <laughs> who who else do you call? Called at the last, Joe. you call Joe. Why did you call Joe? Because <laughs> he would come. So, uh, those of you who have broken down, you called the RAC or the AA, why would you call them? Why? Tell us, David. They know what? Yeah, but why call them? Joe knows as well. Yes, you've paid them, haven't you? You've invested something. You've, You've made a contract with them to come and help you. When you've, got a tr- when you've got trouble. Yeah, absolutely. So, I read that one of the ways that rabbis in Jesus' time would reason with people. They would take a lesser thing and compare it with a greater thing. Right? They would take a lesser situation so that they could compare it with a greater thing. And in the same way, our passage today Jesus is doing that. He's taking a lesser example to compare it to the greatness of God, because God is greater than anything we can imagine on this earth. So we can only take examples from this earth and somehow try and get a picture of who God is. So we're going to enact our story a little bit, and our passage, as we, as we were very well read over there, tells a little a, a strange little story about a man who gets a nighttime visitor, all right? And remembering in Jesus' time, there were no mobile phones. So if you, had a, you, if you were expecting a guest, um, and you don't know when they're going to turn up, people sometimes travel at night because it was a bit cooler. You know, maybe their donkey had a sore foot or sore hoof, or maybe their wagon wheel fell off. So they arrive at your place at midnight, And the laws of hospitality in the Middle East, you know, are a bit different. You know, you're expected to provide them a meal. You're expected to. And you go to your cupboard, and you look inside, empty. Oh, dear. Now I'm desperate. So, you go down to your friend, right? And here's your friend's house. And could I have the friend? Could I have a dad? Thanks, Andy. Maybe just pull out a chair over here. The dad, his household... This is the carpet where his house is. The dad is fast asleep. And I would really love to have some children come and lie down. You've just got to pretend to be asleep. If children won't come, could some younger adults come? And if younger adults are not brave enough to come, then could some adults come? We We need a household to be fast asleep in the house. Well done. Thank you. Right, we need a few more bigger animals like this. Can we have a few more big? We need a cow. This bottom's got to be against the door. Remember, in the Middle East, they brought their animals into the house when they went to sleep at night. And we need some loud snoring, we need some animal noises. Any, anyone else? Come, come on, there's a gap here. We need, come on. You've got five seconds. Five. Four, come on, somebody needs to get here. Three, two, one. David, come on, David. Thank you, David. Amazing. Right. So, Dad, right? You've locked. He's locking the doors. He's being very conscientious. Fantastic. Now he's 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 going to nod off in a minute. Right, and so, and so we have Bruce who is going to take our, take our place. He's going to arrive, he's come down the road to his friend's house and he is going to... for my, my friends they've arrived late but I wasn't expecting them I'm that. Bruce you can go down to the co-op rate. They're close to the o'clock. It's half past clock though. It's half past <laughs> are we do Look <laughs> at <laughs> my door I'm not too. So you wake up this reluctant friend of yours, and eventually, finally, you get the loaves of bread that you need, and there's more than enough. There's enough for dinner, for you and your friend, and perhaps even something left over for breakfast. Okay, plenty to eat, plenty enough, just enough to eat. So why the children's questions a bit earlier on? Why the questions about the car? Why this parable? Why did Jesus tell this parable? They have the ingredients for all the situations in our lives, don't they? An emergency arises. There's an urgent need. There's a bit of desperation thrown in. How are we going to meet that need? What are we going to do? We ask. We knock. We seek. We plead. And yesterday, um, Rob Scott Cook pointed us to Romans 10 verse 1. Where it says, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God is that they may be saved. Did you get that? My heart's desire and prayer. My heart's desire and prayer. There's the ingredients. That, that desperation and then prayer. If we are in desperate need... If we in our desperate need can turn to someone who we are invested in, we are invested in our parents, aren't we? Our parents are invested in us. We have invested in the RAC or the AA. We have friends who we are invested in and they're invested in us. If we can turn to these imperfect things in our need and ask for help, how much more can we turn to the Lord? who is perfect, and ask for help. And the Lord will give us good gifts. Now, the question is, why would God do that? Why would God do that for us? Why would we be able to turn to God? That's a big question. But a short answer is, because he is completely invested in us. Who of here you here are parents, and if you see your child in extreme need or distress, wouldn't move heaven and earth to help them? Wouldn't you? Huh? You'd do everything you can to help your child if you see your child in need or distress. Our Heavenly Father gave his whole life for us. He invested his life for us. Why wouldn't we turn to him for help? He literally did that. He gave his life for us. In our need. And Galatians 2 verse 20 says it's more than, better than I could ever say. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, here you have it, who loved me and gave himself up for me. There you have it. Jesus invested his life for us. Why wouldn't we turn to him? And I want to finish with a testimony, which I know that some of you have heard before, Um, but maybe some of you haven't, and in any case, it's encouraging. Um, a few years ago, some of you know I'm an artist. Um, I was, I'd uh, turned one of my rooms at home, the lounge actually, into a, a makeshift studio. So I was painting in there, and Ethan can tell you the smell and the fumes were just overwhelming. The oil paints, you know, you'd go to sleep at night and you'd wake up and you'd smell these oil paints, you know, turpentine and stuff like that. And it was just, it was too much. So I began to pray out of desperation, right? And I began to pray for a studio. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And asked the Lord for help. And I heard the Lord say, it's no good that you're just sitting and praying. It's not just going to fall into your lap. You've got to go a bit like that man, down the road and go and knock on the door. Okay, so I began to knock on doors. Um, I have a few artist friends. I went to their studios in Penge You know, there's quite a few artist studios you can hire. Did you know that? There are quite a lot of studios you can go to rent a space. The studios in Forest Hill I visited. Studios in Crystal Palace I visited. And I found studios, which were very nice, but they were only a few meters square, shared with two other artists, and they were like two or three hundred pounds a month for the space, and I simply didn't have the money, and I needed more space anyway, so I carried on praying, and suddenly the Lord dropped this idea into my head to go to the church next door and ask if they had a spare corner where I could set up my paintings. So I made an appointment with the deacons. The deacons showed me around the church, showed me a few little rooms, a few little passageways, showed me this room in the church tower. Nothing seemed suitable. So I went home that night. And during the night, I sort of had this, my imagination caught to light. And I suddenly... hang on, that room in the church tower it was covered with decades of pigeon poo there was no electricity in there but I just remembered that it had windows going all the way around it and I suddenly realised, hang on, that's got great light in there once the, the wooden boards come off the windows it has great light and so I asked them, could I have a go at renovating that room? What do you think? And I said, yeah, I'll go for it. So I, Ethan can tell you, Urello helped me as well, removed 20 big bin liners of pigeon poo from that room. And <laughs> oh. <laughs> never, never mind about that. <laughs> and the walls worked were brown, they were filled with grime. I installed some electricity in there, painted the walls, sanded the floors. And now I have this incredible studio with high ceilings. I have my paintings all the way around me. And even better, because I did the room up for the church, they've let me have the space for free. And I've been in there three years now. And I still thank God every single time I'm in there painting. I can hardly believe God's goodness to me. And wouldn't you agree that that is a good gift from the Lord? You know, and I think the the point of it is that sometimes these things come out of the box. You know, some from a different place than we expect. And who of us, you know, when we have something wrong with us, we immediately turn to the financial advisor. We turn to the chiropractor. We turn to a friend to help us. But like we were hearing earlier, um, Jane, you prayed it. Every little thing in our lives, the Lord wants us to turn to him. Amen. Amen. Let your living be. show sure